I, mean, I left my I left my gun on the steps all night long. Woke up this morning, it was still there. Nothing happened. It's an inanimate object. Details ahead. Virginia Republicans attacked for the Florida shooting. Virginia Republicans attacked. And calling all parents. That's next. Virginia citizens and American patriots. Radio is the founding fathers intended. The Lee brothers. My name is Scott Lee. Richard Lee, my co-host, my dear friend and my dear brother is in cardiac ICU as we speak on his birthday. Yes, today is Richard Lee's birthday, and he is uh, back in the hospital under the cardiac ICU and uh, being taken care of. He is uh, he's in desperate need of, uh, of your prayers, and um, it's, uh, it's been a bit of a struggle this week. I'll get to that in just a second. But first, coming up at 4 o'clock, senior assassins. High school senior assassins are playing a game in our area high schools. I'll give you the details on that. Um, I think it's all fun. You might have a different take. I don't know. I'll give you an update on that at 4 o'clock at 5. The Black Panther movie. Huge fan of this movie, but I'll give you some details about uh, how it's becoming radically political. And Communist Manifesto versus the Democratic platform. <laughs> all fun o'clock at all fun at 5 o'clock. Fun o'clock. And, of course, your phone calls at 454-1366, 454-1366. Richard was out of the hospital for a short time, very short. I was readmitted this week, went right to cardiac ICU where he currently is. Saw him, um, and he is uh, he's not looking the best I've seen, to say the least. Uh, and, um, you know, you, you – to see someone in this position as uh, someone that you love dearly is is uh, very very difficult. It's very very difficult when when you come in here and you're you're doing a show that's supposed to be a two-headed format. The Lee brothers and I look over at this chair and he's not sitting here and, and what I saw of him in the hospital um, is not good. So um, I will continue to ask that you pray for uh, him and his health and his continued um, uh, getting better as he is a tough time right now. He, he's uh, got some more blood he's got blood clots in his lungs he's got fluid in his lungs uh, he's got tubes all all over him uh richard my brother i hope you can hear me we love you bro happy birthday i mean how crazy is this right i mean it's your birthday you're in the hospital got a radio show on by myself it's just there's too many things happening i feel like my this is gonna be an interesting three hours i must admit so if i can work through this it'd be it'd be a miracle but happy birthday to richard lee and you can have you can participate in this. I learned about Twitter this week. Now I have this new place you can post everything on Twitter. It's 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 the word. It's a hashtag. I call it a number sign. Hashtag the Lee Brothers. Hashtag the Lee Brothers, and uh, you can send Richard your best. He'll see them, and of course, um, uh, that's a great way just to follow up with uh, what we're doing. All at hashtag the Lee Brothers. Hashtag the Lee Brothers. Of course, um, I've got my Twitter account, Scott Lee underscore Bro. I think that's how it's Scott Lee at Scott Lee underscore bro. I'm still all confused on this. I, I got an update on Twitter this week. It's it's really, really interesting. So hashtag the Lee brothers, Richard, to see it and appreciate your comments, your prayers. And even though there's this huge movement now after the uh, Florida event that prayer is apparently irrelevant and the left and all the Twitter world was upset that people do pray, which I can't believe. Is that really the path we're going to go down now? The that prayers now are the bad thing and they're not enough. And, oh, it's just unbelievable. And I wanted to avoid this topic so bad today. 
I didn't want to come here and talk about this whole Florida shooting. I, I, I wanted to avoid it. It's just heartbreaking. It's, it's, you know, anybody who has children, you can't imagine going through something like this. It's just too much. But the more comments I've got, and, and, and I got texts from friends, and what are the Lee brothers going to say about this? What, what are we like, some kind of different take on things? I mean, it's the same thing everyone's been saying. It's disgusting, it hurts, but the more I thought about this, I thought, every time something like this happens, I always wonder, how could no one know what this kid was doing? And, of course, it turns out that we did know. <laughs> I mean, everybody always, there's somebody who knows what's going on. FBI knew. The sheriff knew. The visit to this kid's house, everyone knew. The students after the shooting knew. So, I mean, how could no one know? They did know. Of course they knew. But I thought specifically, as I do always in incidences with teenagers, is where are the parents? Mom, dad? Are you telling me you had no clue that this, this Nicholas Cruz was a freak show? Do you not live with them? Were you not there at the dinner table? How do you not know? How do parents not know about their kids? My kid comes home from the massive, huge high school here in suburban Richmond that holds like 2,200 kids and tells me stories about the kids in the school. I'm like, the parents exist here? Well, it turns out in this case, Nicholas and his biological brother were adopted by an older couple as infants. Nicholas's mother, Linda Cruz, was 49. His father, Roger Cruz, was 62. His father died in 2004 when Nicholas was only four or five. Then Nicholas's mom died a few months ago. Of course, his parents didn't know. His parents weren't there. Nicholas didn't have a father. Nicholas didn't have a mother. What was going on in the household of Nicholas? His parents weren't there. Nobody knew. So when I see this incident, I'm going, doesn't anyone know where his parents? In this case, Nicholas didn't have them. And then this. I'm having a conversation with my son about how different it is for a teenager today than when I was a teenager and my father was teaching us. Do you realize that the Lee brothers grew up not so different than our father? Our father grew up in a time that didn't really change a whole lot when we were growing up in the 60s and 70s. I mean, there wasn't a lot of difference in technology. Today, to raise my kids takes almost 100% more effort to raise kids today than it did then. Think about this. The access that kids have to everything on the palm of their hand that is, I've always said this, isn't positive. It's 90% negative. It's filthy. It's our streets flooding with open sewers in the palm of our kids' hands as we say, oh, Johnny, just go to your room. Let me alone do whatever I want. Across our country, parents have given up. They've given their kids access to the world. In my day, when my dad said, Scott, go to your room, that was a punishment. Because you know what was in my room? Nothing. 
I barely had an eight. I remember an eight-track player, but it didn't really work that well. Maybe I stuck a Bee Gees thing in there, but that's or Cat Stevens or whoever it was. An eight-track is all I had. You sent me to my room then, it was torture. You send your kid to your room now, as most parents do, they disappear into abyss of hell. They got TVs, internet, they're streaming live video between each other, they're playing video games, they have access to everything, and a parent downstairs is like, oh, they're just being a teenager. Calling all parents. Where are you? Now, I'm not pretending that Nick's Cruz's problem is parents, although I bet you if they were there involved, it could have made a difference. I'm not pretending that this is the answer across the world, but I am quite serious that parents can make a difference. Calling all parents. All hands on deck. What are your kids doing? Are you letting them just go to their room and disappear for hours on end and not knowing what they're doing? How could no one know this kid had firearms, that he loved guns, he was infatuated with them? Now, we know that they did, but we did nothing about it. But you as a parent, what is your kid doing? We need good parenting. All parents, we need your help. All right, your phone call's next, 454-1366, 454-1366. I'll share some stats with you next and how this um, – that Jimmy Fallon is completely lost it and not helpful to the cause. 454-1366, Lee Brothers, 820, WNTW, 97.7 FM. Want to help Richard prove Scott's wrong once and for all? Call the Lee Brothers at 454-1366, 454-1366. We built this city. We built this city on rock and roll. Built this city. Built it on families. Okay, and rock and roll. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW. Happy birthday, Richard Lee. Happy birthday to Richard Lee. He's in uh, an interesting place celebrating it. He's in the cardiac ICU unit as he's recovering from a surgery that was four weeks ago. Your prayers are coveted. Continue to pray for Richard as he um, goes through this on his birthday. Hashtag the Lee Brothers. I love saying it. I'm going to start. I'm, I'm going to become a huge fan of this hashtag word all of a sudden. Hashtag. The Lee Brothers is how you can uh, reach out to him and, and to me. 454-1366. Families built the city. We know this. They're the structure of society. I gave my little spiel on parents get involved. You should be. You got to know exactly what your kids are doing. I can't believe no one knew what Nicholas Cruz was doing. That's only because he didn't have parents, and we ignored all the other signs. But you don't have to. I think parents are responsible for their children. I'm not suggesting anything here. I'm just telling you, I think they're responsible for the children. I take full responsibility for my children. Statistics are saying that 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. 90% of homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. 85% of children who show behavior disorders come from fatherless homes. 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. These are hard stats. They're not fun. Does it mean that every kid? No, of course not. It means ideal situation is a father in the home and two parents raising the kid to be moral and productive and making sure you don't send your kid into their room 
with the gateway to hell, which is the world out there. Social media is destroying our kids. It, it, there's the one thing I could stop. If I had a big magic wand, <laughs> there's a lot of things I'd do. One, I'd just wing it over there on Richard. He'd be sitting right here in the studio with me. That's the first magic wand I would brew. The second one is get rid of social media, except for hashtag the Lee brothers, and since I'm so excited about that. That's the only one I would allow. Um, Jimmy Kimmel has lost his, his mind, and it's okay. Look, I understand this emotional reaction to this because everyone had it. Everyone has an emotional reaction to what happened in Florida, and it's okay to have emotional reaction. But what is happening is very discouraging. Here's what Kimmel had to say. After he played Trump's comments, he said this. Agreed. So I agree with both of those statements. And here's what you do to fix that. Tell your buddies in Congress, tell Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell and Marco Rubio, all the family men who care so much about their communities. That's degrading. He says that condescending. Those family men who care. Jimmy Kimmel, do you think it's Paul Ryan's fault? Do you think it's the Republicans' fault that some deranged kid got a hold of a gun? Do you think a law proposed by Paul Ryan and any Republican that you just named there would have stopped this kid? Wow. I know you're emotional, but to, to go down a path to mock people who are families, who have families. Connell and Marco Rubio, all the family men who care so much about their communities, that what we need are laws, real laws, that do everything possible to keep assault rifles out of the hands of people who are going to shoot our kids. What law? Four, five, four, thirteen, sixty-six. I'm looking for the law that would have helped. Go on TV and tell them to do that. That's, That's his audience. That it's fine. is a perfect example. And by the way, I listen, I applaud it. If there's a way we could magically, like, every weapon disappear, everything that could hurt anyone, automobiles, all these things disappear, hey, look, I'm looking for the utopia, too. But it's called heaven. In this side of heaven, we have a right to protect ourselves with firearms, and there's really no perfect solution to this. But I understand the emotion of it and the audience clapping and going crazy. I get it. That is a perfect example of the common sense you told us you were going to bring to the White House. It's time to bring it. We need it. Tell these congressmen and lobbyists who infest that swamp you said you were going to drain. Force these allegedly Christian men and women who stuff... That's so condescending. I can't even begin to tell you. What does that mean, Jimmy? These allegedly Christian men and women. It's arrogant, it's disgusting, and quite frankly, it makes me wonder about you. I know you're in an emotional state here. Force these allegedly Christian men and women who stuff their pockets with money from the NRA year after year after year to do something now, not later. So as a Christian, I guess I can't support the NRA. Or, I, or I'll get mocked by it, by the stupid, unbelievable late-night comics. The supposedly Christian? So I guess I, you can't be a Christian and be... For the Second Amendment. Jimmy Kimmel, you're not making it better. You're making it worse. You're dividing people worse. So now, so-called Christians is your attack mode. I wonder if that disgusts you like it does me. 454-1366. 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW and 97.7 FM. Our version of the Federalist Papers, without all that reading. It's the Lee Brothers on WNTW AM 820 97.7 FM. 
The Federalist Papers. I wish the General Assembly would read them before they try to expand Medicaid. We'll talk about that coming up at 4.30. But first, George from Richmond. You're on with uh, the Lee brothers, at least me, Scott Lee. Thanks for calling. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good. I wanted to comment on the on the school shooting. It is a tragic thing, and I'm very sorry that it happened. I heard on the radio today that the police had been to that home in the last five years like 39 different times. That's correct. That the FBI received a tip, and they didn't do anything about it. I guess they were too busy in the Russia collusion. They're, they're spending so much time digging under every rock all over the nation trying to find anything against Trump, any woman he slept with 50 years ago, anything that he's ever done, they bashed Trump for saying that uh, Obama was born in Kenya. Well, Hillary Clinton started that, but she didn't really start it because if you go to the bookstore and pick up Obama's book that he wrote, Dreams of My Father, and look at the <laughs> right. book itself, it says I, first person, was born in Kenya. Now, George, so, I, I actually, I actually uh, agree that they're distracted. There's something not right about this, and there's no question about it. I mean, if they've been there that many times, why wasn't this kid flagged, tracked, looked at? It's a disaster. This is such. Uh, it's not the gun. It's the kid carrying it. We'll talk about uh, guns in just a second. Coming up, Philip Van Cleve from the Virginia Citizens Defense League. He he and I are going to discuss this in uh, in greater detail. And, of course, your phone calls. Check us out, 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. Three great videos there. One is, how do they get this shot of the skier in the Olympics? It's unbelievable. 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers. Takes you right there. 1366, Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW, 97.7 FM. The Lee Brothers, showing off the First Amendment and using the second only when necessary. On AMA 20, 97.7 FM, The Answer. I wonder if that bump in was on purpose. You play that one right there, Mark. Is that what you did? Stuck it right in there. <laughs> Lee Brothers, Friday afternoon, just after 334 in the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia. My name is Scott Lee, my co-host, my friend and brother sitting to my left, sometimes my far left, is Richard Lee. Of course, it is his birthday. Richard Lee's birthday, and he is uh, not in the studio. He is in the cardiac ICU unit here in Richmond at a hospital as he recovers from uh, pancreas uh, surgery, gallbladder, spleen, all the one time, and he's had a tough four weeks. And um, me as his brother uh, went and saw him, and um, trust me when I tell you that your prayers are coveted, even though we're told not to pray anymore since the last two days. Uh, I would ask that you do that. And for me, as I uh, as as um, I do the show alone, which is not easy. I mean, look, it's hard enough, you know, two of us in here but by yourself. Pff, forget it. That's no fun. That's why I always ask for help. All right, speaking of help, joining me right now is Philip Van Cleve. He's the president of the Virginia Citizens Defense League. Hey, Philip. Hey, how you doing? Hey, good. Um, what a couple of days, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, that, that's that's for sure. Um, yeah. Every I'm... now and then, and they don't—they still don't get the lesson. They still don't understand. 
You still don't have armed teachers in these schools? You know, this is another example. You remember, you remember Connecticut, right, where, where the sure. vice principal is extremely brave. Here's a brave. You want to meet a hero, a true hero. Uh, that she was. She ran out the door of her office right towards the guy that had just shot through the window of that school. She was totally unarmed. All she had was her body to absorb bullets. That was it. And of course, it was really a suicide mission because she had no help. Well, here we go. We got a teacher that, that took bullets for children. What if he had sent a few bullets the other way? I wonder how that would have changed things. But we, we haven't learned the lesson. Well, there... <laughs> It's so emotional right now, and I know, you know I've had you on before, and we've talked about this as the president of the Virginia Citizens Defense League. I mean, you, you deal with the gun debate constantly. Your organization deals with gun laws. You, you, you're in the General Assembly building. You see them coming and going. You, you talk about how, how we have a constitutional right to protect ourselves, and that whole argument you're, you're in is now even more heated today as we begin to see – this is strictly an emotional – I mean, you, you can't have a rational conversation. Let me just give you an example, and this is what I wanted to have you on, too, to talk about. The conversation about an AR-15, most people have no clue what this gun is. Would you explain to our listening audience what an AR-15 is and why it's, it's not this contraption that no one can possibly fathom? It's not a machine gun, but give us, a, give us an example. Uh, tell us what it is. It's, it's merely a firearm, uh, like many hunting rifles, um, that you, you pull the trigger once, the gun goes bang once, and, and that's it. When you release the trigger and you pull it again, it goes bang once. So it can only go fire a shot as fast as you pull the trigger on it. A machine gun, when you hold the trigger, it just shoots hundreds of rounds a minute. Um, and this is nothing like that. There are lots of guns that work exactly the same way. They're hunting guns. They look nothing like an AR-15. And some of them are much more powerful. An AR-15 is what we call a mid-power cartridge. Right. It is by no means the most powerful gun. I'm not even close. When they call it a high-powered weapon, I just have to laugh. These are people that don't understand ballistics. They don't understand guns. Well, if you say AR-15, it brings out an instant reaction. And they, they think yeah. AR stands for assault rifle, by the way, which it does not. It has nothing Armalite to do with rifle. that. It does yeah. not mean it's actually the brand of the gun. Yeah, Armalite. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, so it, yeah. They, they think it's something, some contraption that's not accurate. I mean, if you, could, if you could paint the picture of this gun of being this evil, of course you could ever want to be against it. Who needs an AR-15? That's what we heard all week long, or at least last two days. Who needs one, it, Philip? It's, it's, right now, it's the most popular rifle in the country. That's like... If somebody took a, a Camry and ran over a bunch of bunch of kids at a bus stop, um, you know, that's like saying, "Well, now we need to get rid of Camrys, one of the most popular cars in America." But this this is a misuse of a car that was used to murder people. Uh, like well, this is what we're fortunately not seeing much of here, but they have that kind of stuff going on in Europe. Um, it, it's it's it, it, it you know again they're they're deflecting. Yes. They're deflecting from the fact that, they, again, they don't really have school security. If you think they've got school security, we can go down every one of these shootings, and you'll find out there. no. If there's security there, how can they get this far? They, yeah. they don't have security. The people that are going to be in that school 20, uh, during the, the day of, the, of school every day are the teachers and the principal and all those people. They're going to be there. 
And if they have a permit and they're allowed to carry, they will be there when whatever bad happens. But the, the, uh, the, the police that work these schools, they have great intentions, but most of them are stretched thin. Yeah. Um, there, there's one or two in the whole school. What are the odds you'll be right there where somebody starts shooting? Very slim. In the so, in in, in, com- in the Commonwealth of Virginia during this general assembly session, was there any movement on us being able to protect our our kids and our schools by arming teachers or or any principals of that kind? No, there were no there were there were no bills uh, to that effect uh, even put in. Were there any so, bills at all, Philip, that dealt with the security of our schools that you know of? No, uh, no, nothing I can think. I agree. Of. I don't uh, think so. I couldn't remember one either. Nothing. I can't think of a single one this year. Now we've put them in in the past uh, to allow permit holders to like like carry outside of a building, or oh well, well actually indirectly. Eh, this really doesn't count. There's a bill that allows it's in the general assembly to allow EMS and fire personnel to carry a gun for self defense wherever they go while they're on duty, and that would include schools. But the odds of them being there and stopping anything with that uh, good policy, point. that would make no sense. So I would but, say, you know, yeah. They're not, they're not looking at psychotropic, psychotropic drugs, for example. All these school shootings just about, if you look back, these kids have all been on uh, Ritalin and all this stuff. They've been on these drugs that we, that we know alter minds because that's what the drug does. And then we're shocked that these drugs that warn you about depression and warn you about suicidal thoughts and they warn you about this and they warn you about that, we're shocked when those kids then go off and murder a bunch of people. Right. The, the warnings are right on the bottle, but we're ignoring that. Oh, no, no. Uh, just because almost every single one has involved these drugs, oh, no, that, that can't be what it is. I think that uh, if, if, if we look at the AR-15, which is the focal point now, everyone's going to be talking about this gun and that we need to ban yeah. and that kind of thing. If, if the AR-15 is banned tomorrow... There are other weapons and guns that these kids can get. The solution is the path you're going down, and that is how do we have uh, protection in our schools against these, these kids, no matter what they're carrying. It's not the gun. It's these kids that we need to be protected against. These, these uh, people are walking in these schools and doing this. We need protection there. And there wasn't a single bill, and that's what I, I wanted to have you on talk about this so people know. There's not a single bill in the General Assembly in the Commonwealth of Virginia that suggests that people ought to have a right to protect themselves in the school? Not one. No, not a one. Now, there are things that try to restrict the, your rights and make it even harder for you to defend yourself. By the way, on your argument on that, look at Virginia Tech. Look what happened in Virginia Tech. There wasn't a rifle there. There was no AR-15. Those were just handguns. And you really think an AR-15? By the way, in the whole, in the whole country for a year, there are just around almost every year around 400 people that are killed with a long gun, a rifle. And, a, and an AR-15 is a subset of that number. Right. So there are far more people that are beat to death with hands and fists and, all, and, and, and tire irons and everything else than there are shot with a long gun. To, to, to target a long gun is a real joke. There are, it's so rarely used in a crime. It, it's not a very big number. It's just that... It, the, the media is focused on it, and so and indeed they're encouraging people. They're telling kids out there that are, that they, if, you know that if you're going to shoot up a school, you need to get yourself an AR-15, uh, and we're going to make you famous, and we're going to make the whole world is going to stop for you. Um, the, the media is doing such a massive disservice to all of us by yeah. doing this. I think it's uh, the the next step is going to be this attack on this gun, and it's going to be under this premise, and I'm sure your group is going to be able to argue this and talk about it, is you don't need 
an AR-15, which essentially, as you've already defined, is a regular rifle semi-automatic. I mean, if yeah, you don't need that, then then you, that's essentially saying you don't need any firearms at all. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because we can bring in plenty of rifles that that, that, that are not AR-15s that don't look like it. They, they're they just hunting guns, but they have they can shoot as fast and a more powerful round than the AR-15, a far more powerful round. Right. So, uh, but this is politics. This is, oh, uh, in fact, I saw a senator from Northern Virginia put out one uh, thing to his constituents. Somehow I'm on his list. <laughs> uh, this is this is Peterson up in, in Northern Virginia. Well, you know we've got to do something. That's that old. We got to do something. It doesn't matter that he's, uh, he's basically admitting. In fact, I think he says a little further. Well, this is no guarantee it won't happen again. But we've got to do something. Well, we have stuff uh, well, we could why do. Why don't we arm teachers? Yeah, exactly. Why That's what we, we could arm, do. You want to do something? Arm teachers. Do something to make yeah. a difference. Exactly. They, you know, it's it, it's easier to go after a piece of metal because it doesn't have feelings. It can't argue back. <laughs> That's right. You know? Exactly. Uh, it can't sue you. Uh, it, it, but you know what? They can smuggle uh, uh, cocaine into a prison, which is a completely government-controlled, environment. restricted environment. And they can get cocaine in there. Are you telling me if you got rid of AR-15s? But they wouldn't be flooding into the country just like cocaine. Nothing you could do to stop all it. The bad guys. This is ridiculous. It yeah, is. We keep going down this. We're adults, but you wouldn't you wouldn't know it listening to, to a lot of these politicians. You'd swear they were eight year olds and hadn't quite figured out the world yet. Yeah, and and right now I I even allow for that for the first twenty. I mean, this is an emotional time, and I don't sure. have. I, I expect a little emotional reaction. But I'm just begging for people to pause for a second and think about the real answers, and we've laid them out here. Philip, you've been great. I appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thank you. That's Philip Van Cleve. He's the president of the Virginia Citizens Defense League, and you can find that at vcdl.org. All right. Your phone call's next, 454-1366. 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW and 97.7 FM. Making radio great again. It's the Lee Brothers on WNTW, AMA 20, 97.7, FM, The Answer. What is this? 454-1366. Lee Brothers, live on this Friday afternoon. Hey, coming up at 4 o'clock, Senior Assassins. What is it? Well, it's going on on your local high schools across Richmond. I'll tell you about this, how the seniors in these high schools are uh, having a game called Assassins. And I'll give you the details of that coming up. And, of course, uh, Medicaid expansion. Do you realize if, if Virginia does this, it's going to impact, and I, I'm not making, it's going to impact the schools. It's going to impact a lot of things. And I'll explain that as we move forward in the radio program. 454-1366, 454 1366, after the shooting, a horrific shooting in, in Florida, many of the, uh, the massive liberal blogs across Virginia sent lists out, lists of Virginia legislatures, House of Delegates members, state senators. And they said, quote, see below for which Virginia legislators the blood on their hands NRA has been giving to since 2007. The left is convinced that this Nicholas Cruz kid got access to an AR-15 because of Virginia <laughs> Republicans who, who took money from the NRA? 
which, by the way, there's nothing in these liberal blogs to suggest what bill would have kept the AR-15 from landing in the hands of this kid. This goes on in the little blogs. Note the proximity. 97% of the recipients of the blood-on-their-hands gun lobby largesse are Republicans. House and Senate Republican Caucus, the Republican Party of Virginia, Bryce Reeves, Ryan McDougal, Tim Hugo, even mentions the speaker. I mean, this is preposterous. These people had nothing to do with what happened in Florida. The left is, well, gone way left. They're they're insane. What what we just talked about with Philip Van Cleve from the Virginia Citizens Defense League is, wouldn't it be great if we all said there's things that can be done, legitimately things that can be done to protect our schools? Do you realize that these people have these doorbells where you ring the doorbell it's like a little camera right there you can see who's on the front porch they're more secure than some of our schools how is it that in florida this guy shows up with a gas mask on bulletproof vest all decked out is able to make it into the building run around the building no one seems to be able to stop him or say anything that's not security why wouldn't the left instead of putting a hit piece out on virginia general assembly republicans saying that they're at fault for this. The NRA doesn't want AR-15s in the hands of, of, of crazed teenagers. And if the NRA is giving money to Republicans to uphold the Second Amendment, it's there for your benefit, to pr- help protect you. It's interesting how it's turned around to make it sound like the NRA is there to give guns to people who shouldn't have them. It's the complete opposite. The NRA would be all for people in schools armed to protect the kids in school. There are so many options before us that allow for real protection in schools, and the left has nothing. They have a sign. It's called a no or gun-free zone at every school, which is nothing more than a sign put up to allow more people to come and not worry about being stopped. I remember when Liberty University essentially put a huge sign out on their building saying, if you have a conceal and carry permit, you are free to carry it here and protect the students at Liberty University. You think that's a deterrent or an opening door for, for bad guys? It's a deterrent. The bad guys know if they go to Liberty University, there's a good possibility. There's going to be people all over that campus who are armed and willing to protect themselves. Why wouldn't we want that in our schools? I mean, I'm just that's a legitimate, fair question. In the Commonwealth of Virginia, why wouldn't we want a bill proposed by anyone? To suggest, I mean, you Democrats whose heart is bigger than your brain sometimes, and in this case, your heart's huge. I mean, and so is our, all of our hearts. Where's your bill to protect the schools? If you bring a bill out tomorrow that bans all AR-15s, don't worry. Some crazed kid will find an AR-15. Then what are you going to do? There's got to be a block somewhere in our schools. Instead, we get blanket crazy statements like from a congressman that said this, Congressman Bonnie Watson Coleman tweeted, Republicans should pray for forgiveness. Wait a minute. Can we pray? We can actually pray? That's that's weird. That's a weird comment from a Democrat saying Republicans should pray for forgiveness. Do Democrats even believe in forgiveness and prayer in the same thing? And what would a Republican be praying forgiveness for? This is the kind of stuff that is not helpful. It's an emotional attack piece 
designed for one purpose, which I'm not sure is really about the children. It sounds more political to me. Because if we had a real conversation, we could sit down and talk about how to really protect our kids in school, I doubt it would start out by saying Republicans should pray for forgiveness. Just saying. All right, your phone call's next, 454-1366, 454-1366. Hashtag the Lee Brothers. I love it. Hashtag the Lee Brothers. 820 WNTW 97.7 FM. Kind, compassionate, and tolerant. Oh, wait, that's a different show. The Lee Brothers on AMA 20, 97.7 FM. WNTW, the answer. That's completely the show. We're completely tolerant and compassionate. Happy birthday, Richard Lee. He's in the cardiac ICU at the hospital celebrating his birthday. Um, tough time for the Lee household, but we uh, cherish and uh, covet your prayers as he moves forward. Uh, check us out, 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. Fake news, the 18 school shootings has happened this year. You need to see the list. It's all there at 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers. takes you right to our page. There you can see that. And the Valentine's Day petition to ban it on college campuses. Yeah, because Valentine's is a threat. And how do they get this shot? How do they get this picture of the skier? at the Olympics. Unbelievable. 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers. Coming up, senior assassins in your local high school. What is that? I'll explain that and more. Your phone calls, 454-1366. Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW, 97.7 FM. Where is the best news and talk? AM 820. WNTW Chester is the answer. Well, I think I understand. I mean, Medicaid expansion sounds really good, but it could hurt Virginia. We'll explain it with Norm Leahy coming up. What is crossover? It's a brand new SUV, really. <laughs> Not at all. It's the bills that move from the House to the Senate and back. We're there. And Senior Assassin, a new game in your local high schools. That is next. Virginia Citizens and American Patriots, uh, the only two-headed talk show in the capital of the Commonwealth. My name is Scott Lee. Richard Lee, my co-host, my friend and my brother, is not here. I am alone. Scott Lee by himself with the only two-headed talk show, which makes no sense. Richard is in the uh, in the hospital, more specifically the cardiac ICU, as he is uh, still recovering from a surgery that took four, it was four weeks ago now. And this has really messed up the uh, the the entire household, and um, things are, um, are are still in in um, in much need of. Um, of your prayers as Richard is struggling to um, get better and better. Of course, when you're in the cardiac ICU, there's a lot of attention on you, and he needs that right now. And um, he's strong, had a great conversation with him, and, um, well, I think I did more talking than he did. He can't really speak very well right now and hardly open his eyes, but he is um, is, uh, slowly uh, getting better uh, uh, and – he doesn't look really good right now, but, man, it's, uh, it's a tough battle for him. And the Lee brothers are um, – it's a struggle. And so, you know, what, what do you say about all this other than, hey, wh- you know, pray for Richard. Pray for um, him 
as he uh, struggles through this and the, and the next, you know, like I said, I, I told you a couple of weeks ago, it'd be a miracle if he were back here and it, and he's not, um, but he needs a miracle. So let's continue to pray for that. And here's the interesting thing. Today's his birthday. So happy birthday, Richard Lee. And, uh, there'll be, uh, people descending upon you here <laughs> very soon. So, um, happy birthday to you. And, uh, let's get through this, my bro, and get this, uh, Lee brother thing back on track. Uh, miss you, love you, and uh, continue to pray for him. Also, uh, I uh, am pushing a new Twitter feed here. Oh, this is new for us. Look, Richard and I are like, we, it's not like we are, didn't know Twitter existed. It's just like, quite, quite frankly, we didn't care. But now we care. Hashtag the Lee Brothers. Hashtag. I never thought I'd be saying this. Hashtag the Lee That's a number sign for those over 45. Uh, hashtag the Lee Brothers. And uh, you can uh, send us a, uh, is it called a tweet? Contact us that way, hashtag the Lee Brothers, and, and get you um, uh, connected with us. By the way, I learned more about this this week from my son, who is a senior at one of these uh, big, nasty local high schools here in Virginia, or in the capital. And uh, he was telling me all about Twitter. We're all getting up to speed. Then he told me about something else. There's this game. That is going on right now at your local high school. Actually, I don't know if it's in every high school, but I know it's a game that has been played throughout certain times. It's called Senior Assassin. I'm curious of your take on this, Senior Assassin. 454-1366. Here's what it is. By the way, it's our phone number, 454-1366. Apparently, these kids go in this drawing, and you're assigned a kid in the drawing that you must assassin with a dart gun. And whoever is the last man standing gets the pot of money. Apparently it costs $10 to get in this pool. And so all over uh, Richmond at the high schools, seniors are playing this game. The game, my son is in the game. Apparently there's 48 to 50 kids playing. 100 had signed up. Only 10 put money in. Or only 48 or 50 of them put $10 in. So the rest aren't, aren't in the game. But there's rules. There's rules for this game and how it's played. And uh, you're sneaking around with dart guns trying to shoot uh, other seniors, which probably makes the name of the game make sense, called Senior Assassin. Here are the rules. This, the first rule, number one, this is not affiliated at all with the high school and is not to be played on the high school property. Okay, well, that, that's probably a good thing. I'm just wondering if the high schools know about this. And if they do... Would they approve or not approve? And by the way, you really can't choose whether to approve or not. These are just kids doing it on their own time. Happens to be they all go to the same high school. And it happens to be they call it Senior Assassin, which is probably isn't the best name for it. Is it offensive? Are some upset over the name, Senior Assassin? 454-1366. Are you aware of this game? Do you know it exists? Do you know your kids are playing it? This comes back to my first hour rant in the monologue about parents. Do you know what's going on with your kids? Or you send them to your room and they're signing up for Senior Assassin Week. I don't know. By the way, it's a two-week game. Here are the rest of the rules. You'll be sent a name at the beginning of every two-week period of who your target is. And the target is different from who your assassin is. <laughs> Why do I feel uncomfortable? It's uncomfortable, but yet I don't have a problem with it necessarily. You'll be sent a name at the beginning of every two-week period of who your target is. So they... So, like, for example, my son has someone he's supposed to shoot with a dart gun. So he's an assassin against this person, happens to be a girl. And she, some other girl, is in a, is a, oh, no, he's, I, 
I don't know who is this. I don't know who he's supposed to to uh, to shoot with his dart gun, but someone who's targeting him is a is a girl. So she has uh, got her dart gun and apparently is trying to shoot my son during Assassin Week. Number three on the rules list: no kills at the following places. This is interesting. These kids thought this thing through. They really have rules for the senior assassin. By the way, the school has nothing to do with this, but it's going on, going over uh, schools all over Richmond. Here it is. No kills on the following places, on school property or any school event, including sporting events, sporting practices, or other extracurricular activities. Probably a good rule. No kills at uh, the, the target's work in place when they are clocked in on the job, including delivery drivers, uh, delivering food, walking in and out of work, by the way, is fair game. So if they're coming into work, you can shoot them with a dart gun. If they're coming out of work, you can shoot them with a dart gun. No kills in the in uh, in the target's house. Outside of their house is acceptable. If you're invited into their house, it's fair game to shoot them. So I guess during this time frame, no seniors are inviting other seniors into the house. Nope, can't come in. And by the way, I'm staying here. So there's rules to senior assassin week or two weeks is how long this is. Number four on the list. Shooting people inside of cars is, in fact, fair. You can shoot people in cars. Moving car? I don't know. There's more to, to that. I don't know. Number five on the list, the assassin has two shots per day. So it's not like you can load up your dart gun with a magazine of five or six darts. You only get two. And it gets more complicated because here's more rules to senior assassin that's going on here in Richmond at your local high school, ways to move on to the next round. You kill your target within a two-week period, and you do not get killed by your assassin. Okay, that makes sense. So you avoid being shot with the dart gun. Meanwhile, your target is killed within the two-week period, and you get to move on to the game. I guess this is all done by Twitter. Uh, I, I don't know the feed exactly, Mark. You don't know probably anything, okay? You're not helping me. Uh, number seven on the list of rules for senior assassins, ways to be eliminated. Be shot by your assassin or fail to eliminate your target within the two-week time frame. Or there's more rules. I'll share them with you next. But I'm curious, good thing, bad thing? The seniors at your local high school here in Richmond are playing a game called Senior Assassin with dart guns. Your phone call's next, 454-1366, 454-1366, hashtag the Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW and 97.7 FM. Scott and Richard Lee, the circus clowns of talk radio on AMA 20, 97.7 FM, WNTW, The Answer. Senior Assassins. The high school seniors are playing a game across the capital of the Commonwealth in your local high school. Seniors are getting together to play in this game. It's called Senior Assassins. You can Google it and learn all the, the details of how this is played, I guess, throughout the country. But it's uh, alive and well right now being played. I'll give you the details in a second. But first, uh, it is Richard Lee's birthday, and he's celebrating it in the hospital, unfortunately. But... Richard, happy birthday to you. Let's get well soon and, uh, and get, get coming back here and we can uh, continue to do what we do as the only two-headed talk show in Richmond. All my prayers and uh, hopes for my brother Lee, who's in cardiac ICU in the hospital, still four weeks after a very in-depth surgery. Hashtag the Lee Brothers. 
I got an email from someone that said it's not working. It's the Lee Brothers, not Lee Brothers. Hashtag the Lee Brothers. All right, coming up five o'clock. I gotta I gotta talk about this movie Black Panther. This is uh this looks phenomenal, but there's political overtones that make me uneasy with it. We'll talk about that at five. Uh, and at four thirty-five, normally he's gonna come in and talk about Medicaid expansion, all that dead ahead. But first, more about the senior assassins. I'm curious on your take too. Four five four thirteen sixty six. Four five four thirteen sixty six. Do you like the name of this thing, <laughs> Senior Assassins? I think it's in good fun. These seniors are, are uh, lack of a better word, hunting each other down. They have a target, and you heard me go through some of the rules. The target is um, is someone that's been assigned to you. That's your target, and then someone's assigned them, and you go around with these dart guns and try to uh, shoot each other to get knock them out of the game. It apparently costs ten dollars. I don't know what. But all the high schools do the same. It, you, you, it costs you $10 to join, and the last man standing gets the pot. So it's money-driven. <laughs> and what senior in high school is not interested in money? Here's some of more of the rules. I went through first one through seven. The first one is interesting. There's no way affiliated with the high school and is not played on the high school property. So the high school can't bark about this, I guess. These are just seniors that are in the same high school who have a game called Senior Assassins. I went through... Um, the first seven. Here's number nine. No shields allowed. So I guess if you're holding something up and block the little uh, dart gun, it does it doesn't count. You're still you're still eliminated. So that's interesting. Um, but they can miss. So if someone's shooting a dart gun at you and you dodge it, you're okay. And according to rule number five, the assassin only has two shots per day. So you can only shoot that one, apparently, and then you have to wait a while and do it later. You can come back the same day, and you get another shot. So there's not unlimited shooting of the darts at your opponent, according to the Senior Assassin's game. No shields allowed. Number 10 on the list. Every shot must be video recorded, or both parties must agree on the elimination of the target. Now, this is a perfect rule for our uh, social media society, which every kid is armed with a cell phone for video and, and now apparently a dart gun since they're in the middle of this senior assassin game. But there's an or here. Every shot must be video record, or both parties must simply agree on the fact that you've been eliminated as a target, you've been shot. And then therefore, I guess they go to their Twitter feed and, um, and then agree to it. However, more the rule states, if no video or no agreement, the target is safe and the game continues for the rest of the two-week period for both parties. These kids have thought this out. This is unbelievable. All this, it's amazing what goes on behind the, uh, the scenes of our seniors in high school now. They have these cell phones, and it's called Twitter. They're all connected, and they all communicate by this thing. I wonder if, there's, I wonder if it's a hashtag senior assassins they're all tapped into here. I guess as adults, we can follow this, I'm sure, to some degree. Don't know exactly how. But do these kids have too much time on their hands? You give them a phone, now they're out shooting each other with these dart guns. And is it offensive to you? Are you offended? But do you know what's going on? Do you know your senior in your local high school right here in Richmond very may be playing this game called Senior Assassins? Are you comfortable with such a thing? I think it's great. I think it's I think it's quite funny. It's just for fun and kicks. There's no harm in it. I mean, you may not like the name of it. I'm sure there's many on the left who don't like the fact that they're using guns. It's a dart gun. But still, it probably bothers somebody. 
454-1366. What do you think on this? Here's the rest of the rules. Uh, both parties have to agree, by the way, that they've been. Here's the final one. Upon elimination of your target, submit the video to the Twitter. It says to the Twitter for verification. So it, I guess you send it there. The, run, the, the man running, I guess there's a senior who is running this entire program for the high schools, is, uh, is the judge arbiter of who is uh, shot and who is still the target at your, um, in, in the senior assassin game. Uh, senior assassin. I, I guess I think it should be maybe worded a little bit different. Not senior assassin. Sound. I don't like the rules when they say no kills on the following places. <laughs> Once you shoot your person, it's inside the car. It's fair game. All these things. Assassins have two shots per day. It's just I understand how fun it could be. I'm just wondering how. And by the way, there's nothing the school can do about this. This is all being done right now probably under your nose as your senior is conspiring to get up early, you're going, hey, look, he's going to school early. It's all fun and games. Uh, no, he's going to hang out outside someone's house so when they come out to go to school, they can be shot. Because remember, they can't be shot on school campus. If they show up on campus and get out of the car, they cannot be eliminated in the senior assassin game. So your kid is leaving school early. They're, they're leaving the afternoon to go to a place of work to target their uh, – their assassin and shoot them with a dart. This is what's going on across the capital of the Commonwealth right now. All right, I'm curious on your reaction. 454-1366. 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW and 97.7 FM. Representing the end of political correctness. It's the Lee Brothers on AMA 20 97.7 FM WNTW. Senior Assassins. A game that seniors in high school across Richmond are playing with dart guns shooting each other. They have a list of who their targets are. Roderick in uh, Richmond, you're on with the Lee brothers. Scott Lee here. Good afternoon. I'm going to try and control my acrimony. <laughs> I just have a couple questions for you. Okay. Number one, have you lost your mind that you actually think that this is okay? And the second question is, what do you think would happen if you'd asked one of the parents of the kids that got killed in Florida, what they thought of the game. Okay. So you don't like it. Is your son or daughter playing this game? Are you, do you have a senior in high school? No, my kids are grown and on their own is successful. So if you, if your son was playing this game in high school, you wouldn't let him, you'd say, stop playing the. Yes. And if I caught him playing the game, I'd take the phone away from him, but. Uh, I just can't believe that you said you're okay with this after what happened on Wednesday. Well, I don't know that they're connected like uh, you're thinking, Roderick. I, I don't. I don't see the the the. I, I think the timing of this is interesting with it, but I'm not. I don't think one has anything to do with the other. But don't you think this type of mentality in high school kids can directly, indirectly, or directly? Uh, result in this kind of carnage. I think this kind of carnage is for people who are mentally ill, and I don't think this leads to that, especially kind of a dart gun thing. I understand your position, though, and I do. That's why I'm I'm not surprised that I'm getting a call that's 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 completely against this. But uh, Roderick, thanks for your input here. I appreciate it. Maybe others have a different point of view on the senior assassin game across 
uh, Richmond. 454-1366. Check us out, 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers. Takes you right to our page. How'd they get this amazing video of this ski jumper? I have no idea. 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers once you're there. All right, uh, coming up, Medicaid expansion and more your phone calls, 454-1366. Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW, 97.7 FM. Want to help Richard prove Scott's wrong once and for all? Call the Lee Brothers at 454-1366. Virginia citizens and American patriots. Just before 435, in the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia, my name is Scott Lee, my co-host, my friend and my brother sitting to my left, sometimes my far left, is Richard Lee. Today's his birthday. Happy birthday, Richard Lee. He is in the, uh, in the hospital recovering from very serious surgery. This is four weeks into it, and my brother is in the cardiac ICU unit in the hospital. Our prayers are welcome and coveted as he struggles through this. We pray he'll be back here next week. Senior assassins. Holy cow, this is uh, my, my at hashtag the Lee Brothers is lit up, um, is, is where you can uh, chime in. Of course, my email is lit up too, patriots at theleebrothers.com on this. Senior assassins is a game that's being played in your local high school, and uh, it's on their own. These kids got together, and I think the timing of it probably isn't the best, but they, they've done this a very long time. And they're shooting each other with dart guns, and they're in a little pool. Last man standing gets the money. Some don't like it, others don't seem to care. Joining us to talk about is Andrew from Richmond. Hey, Andrew. Hey, how are you? Good. Good. I My son played it two years ago. He was a uh, student here in Henrico, and they used water guns. And I have to say, it was the most fun watching what some of these kids did to try to evade and not get um, tagged by the other person. Right. It was just a scream to watch these kids. And they would come out in... Um, costumes and disguises, and they would use different cars because you know they're always pegged by you know right. drive this type of car. Right. And it was just it was a senior something to do. It is. And it was just it was awesome. Yeah, and that's exactly the way I I view this too. And I think the kids are having fun with it. The timing of this is really interesting because it's going on right now. And my last caller was ripping me apart on it. And, uh, and that's, t- and you know, ripping me apart. I mean, I didn't come up with a game. These kids are doing it on their own. I don't know that I would – I don't know how I would ri- – some people are saying, look, they wouldn't let their kids play. Others say maybe so. Rodney, you're on with the Lee brothers. Yes, sir. I think the game's completely harmless. It's just a new form of tag. Uh, my daughter played it when she was in high school and they had a great time. Nobody got hurt. It's harmless. See, this is interesting because everyone's calling like they know. I did. I just found that about this game. I'm like, really? This is like a trend in, in every, uh, not just our high schools here, but all over the country they play this game. It does seem harmless, and the kids are having fun. Do you think the timing of this is a bit bad, though, maybe? Um, yeah, you could say it was bad timing. I don't know. Um, I think it's more of a mental ill issue on the as far as Florida goes. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, thanks, Rodney. Appreciate the call. 454-1366. 
The game name is interesting. I think Senior Assassin brings out probably the negative in so much of this. You begin to think, wait a minute, that's really not the game I want you playing. But it isn't fun. If, as I begin to engage some of these seniors in this, I begin to see this is just a fun part of being a senior. And they, they uh, has nothing to do with the school. So most of these kids are uh, just having fun with it. And that's kind of the way I look at it, too. All right, let's take a violent shove into something different. Uh, Medicaid expansion and the meals tax and so many other things. And to help me with that is uh, Norm Leahy. Norm is a uh, contributor with the Washington Post. Uh, Real clear investigations and a friend of mine, which probably just ruined his reputation. Norm, how are you? (laughs) Oh, my gosh, it did. It did. I'll never live it down. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't tell anyone at the Washington Post, please. Uh, well, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you keep that secret, don't you? <laughs> I do. I, do. I, I talk about uh, wearing a disguise when you go up to the Washington Post. That would be me. <laughs> exactly. All right. Hey, let's uh, let's look at this real quick. Medicaid expansion. It, it's uh, it's now um, the Republicans are are turning here on this. The first one is Kilgore has come over and say, "Hey, man, I'm I'm for this." Could this be a a rebranding attempt by the GOP with the uh, with the light of the last election in the back of their minds? Absolutely. And it's not a voluntary makeover. It is a makeover of necessity. At least that's probably what the thinking is. I mean, you can't come out of several years, especially under Terry McAuliffe, where McAuliffe and Republicans were at loggerheads over Medicaid expansion. Republicans were saying, no, 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 never. McAuliffe was doing everything he could to get it passed. Nothing happened. Now an election passes. Republicans get their uh, both cheeks handed to them. And all of a sudden, you know, gee, maybe we should reconsider this because it was an issue in some races. So what they have done is say, well, we'll we'll do this. And they've passed in the House legislation to this effect of imposing a work requirement on people who receive Medicaid. Uh, is that their way out of this in some way? Simply saying, hey, we're for it. But if we had a work requirement, we'll feel better about it. I don't. Is that really yeah, what they're thinking? It, it's a way to look tough. Right. We're not giving something away they're going to have to work for it. Never mind that a lot of people getting Medicaid, in fact, most of them, are already the working poor. We're just going to make sure that, yeah, uh, everybody has to do it. So it's, it, that is so much window dressing. I, I'm, so- more caught up, I'm more caught up with the change of attitude on it. I mean, I'm just thinking, you know, I'm not a politician. I don't pretend to play one. Uh, I, I probably will never be one. Yeah. Lord willing, I will. Ne- <laughs> I will never let you live. You are. I was going to say. Then I got to hate myself. That's no fun. Um, if if uh, I, I wouldn't change with the wind, like I wouldn't make the case. I mean, if I'm in that position, I'm thinking, look, Medicaid is bad for these reasons. You know, one of which the idea of taking money from the federal government to to prop up something here that we'd have to pay for is a disaster that we can't even comprehend yet. Um, I would think the Republicans would stand on that, unless you're a politician looking at the the, the, the tea leaves and thinking, man, I'm going to lose unless we do something here. That's not that's not encouraging to me. Well, yeah, I, and I understand. If you have to stand on an idea and a principle and say, I'm going to take this stand and nothing can budge me from it, that's fine. You have to be prepared to take the consequences. And a lot of Republicans uh, did exactly that, although they weren't anticipating the blue wave. Yeah, they're home now. Them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of like, oh, my, what is it Warren Buffett said? It's when the tide goes out, you find out who's swimming naked. You find out, oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, man. Now, there's a mental picture. It's horrible, by the way. Thank you for that. Uh, yeah. Yes. But so 
on, on an issue like this, yes, the people I feel the most sorry for are the Republican communications operatives who had to write the press releases and the talking points saying this, these are all of the reasons why we can never, ever, under any circumstances, expand Medicaid. And all of those have been thrown in the trash, set on fire, <laughs> and we'll never speak of them again because the, the sea has changed profoundly. Well, maybe they this, like Ralph, though. I mean, Ralph's a nice guy. I mean, Ralph's not like a punk. I mean, he never well, said he'd leave his wife at a, at a hospital, go get money for the Democratic Party. Ralph's a nice guy. Maybe the Republicans say, hey, let's, you know, we could work with Ralph, and then they capitulate here. Yeah, for a second there, I thought you were talking about Newt Gingrich when he was going to his wife in the hospital and saying, honey, we're breaking up. <laughs> no, that wasn't. I was talking about the team yeah, back there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but, you know, that's another big change, too. You don't have the larger-than-life sort of slightly shadier than reality Terry McAuliffe on one side, you have the low-key, let's get something done, right. not beat you up, Ralph Northam. And I think that really does change. If there has been a change of tone, it has come on both sides. Now, it's a kinder, the, more gentler administration. And, and, and by the way, I've seen it on both sides. It seems like everyone's like, oh, I see the pictures. They're smiling, both of them together. You know, they come walking out of the building. They're all smiling. Well, yeah, and, and the Republicans, some of those smiles may be pained and they may be driven by fear more than anything. <laughs> I'd better look like I'm smiling, otherwise I'm going to end up in a TV commercial saying, why Why do I hate puppies? But <laughs> it, it doesn't mean the Republicans have totally given up on everything. They they say, they were very proud of saying we've squashed these tax attempts. They, they pushed back all of the uh, gun control issues. Um, and and they, they've done those kinds of right. things that, that space normally expects sure. and has come to a spectrum. On Medicaid, you know, that's still a work in progress, but it is fascinating to watch because that is a big change. Huge. It, this, is, this is one of the biggest things, I think, coming out of this GI. If this ends up happening and we end up leaving this session with Medicaid expanded, it will be – it's got to be seen by the Democrats as a – this is a huge win if they end up doing yeah. this. It'd be dramatic. Um, okay, on the final few minutes here, I, I just – you and I have talked. I love your passion for Richmond, all things Richmond, and the meals tax and what's really happening there. Isn't it interesting how people put so much focus on the meals tax? Meanwhile, behind the scenes, they're getting hammered with every fee in existence. Uh, yeah, and it's understandable because the meals tax is a big thing because it has that word attached to a tax, and that immediately gets a response from folks, and legitimately so because Richmond, as we all know – has a booming, vibrant, incredible restaurant scene. It has nothing to do with anything the city government has done. The city government gave us the Sixth Street Marketplace, which was a disaster. And <laughs> this grew up on its own. So they now they want to tax it. They want to tax it to uh, allegedly pay for school renovation, which needs to happen. It's been needing to happen for 50, 60 years. But that happened. But what people don't seem to understand is at the same time, the city council has approved because Mayor Stoney suggested it, Increases in uh, in their in the month they pay for waste uh, for sewage for uh, the, the water runoff for trash pickup, their car tax is going to creep up a little bit uh, this year. Their property taxes the rates not going to change, but the rates are probably the total bills probably going to go up because the prices have gone up. So it's the little things like you said that nickel and dime. Oh, just a, just just paper cuts one at a time, and you just before you realize it, it's not the meals tax because you didn't go out to eat. You're just getting killed by every other fee in existence under mankind in the city right. of Richmond. Wait, and think of it this way. You have a choice of where to go out to eat. You don't have to eat in the city, which is why a lot of Richmond restaurateurs said we can't do this. It'll put us at a competitive disadvantage. But 
if you live in a city, the city picks up your garbage. You don't have a choice. You, they supply your water and gas. You don't have a choice. Right, exactly. So those those th- it's a fee. It's a fee for service, but none dare call it a tax, and those go up. If they did, it might be a Boston fee party or something. I don't know, something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, but it, it's Richmond. Some people think, oh, please do more. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Norm, you're the best. Always good to talk to you, sir. Appreciate you. All right, thanks. Yep, talk to you soon. Yep, take care. That's Norm Leahy, contributor to, uh, to me because he helps me, and also a columnist for The Washington Post. All right, uh, 454-1366, your phone call's next, 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW and 97.7 FM. Our version of the Federalist Papers, without all that reading. It's the Lee Brothers on WNTW AM 820, 97.7 FM. Well, somebody should read them, for God's sake. Someone should read the Federalist Papers right before you sign on to this Medicaid expansion. I'll talk about that in a second. First, happy birthday to Richard. It is Richard's birthday, even as he celebrates it at the uh, cardiac ICU unit. He is uh, going through a tough time. Your prayers are coveted there as we, uh, as we, uh, the Lee family, wish him back here next week. Okay, coming up at 5 o'clock, Black Panther, the movie The Black Panther. I am a huge Marvel fan, and it didn't even, it started with me having seen the movie Iron Man, which I thought was going to be a horrid movie, which turned out to be pretty neat. And then the rest of it happened, and now the Blank Panther looks like a great movie, except there's these radical political overtones that I must share with you at 5 o'clock. And, of course, we're going to have some fun, too. I'm going to play a clip for you, and you're going to tell me if it came from the Communist Manifesto or the Democratic platform. No, we'll have some fun with that all dead ahead at 5 o'clock hour. But first, let's, can we just look at, before I get into the crossover, too, because crossover's a term that no one cares about, but it means one bill goes to the House and the House sends it to the Senate and all the rest of it. Medicaid expansion. So this is, this can be shaped in such a way that it's such an emotional issue. Scott Lee, there's 300,000 Virginians that need help. If there are, what are they doing now? I, I don't understand. Are they in the streets somewhere all over Virginia? I just missed, I don't know what... Are we not helping them in any other format, in any other way? There's not anything the state can do currently to help 300,000 people? Is there not uh, a, a private sector that's a, a actively at work here? Does Do the citizens of Virginia, the 8 million of us, know that there's 300,000 that are literally without insurance and health? In, I mean, without this federal behemoth, they're at a loss? Surely not. But I understand the heartstrings of this. So this is how it's being played out. If you're against it, you're against 300,000 Virginians getting health insurance. You mean evil Republican. The problem is, is where this comes from. You want to make a deal with the devil, make one with the federal government and see what happens. Oh, no, we promise you we're going to pay for 95%, maybe 96. We're going to pay for 96% of it. Trust us. Really? You guys are in debt. The program's completely bankrupt. It's making you and the federal government go bankrupt. Why would we want more people in a bankrupt system? But, Scott, they're sending money to the other states. It's our money. Don't give me that garbage. We can go get it whenever we want. It's not like it's going and it's gone. By the way, if they already sent it to other places, then what makes you think we can just go get it? If it's already gone, it's going to other places. But here's another thing about this. Even Republicans are saying this. In fact, Yancey from the Newport News said, if we go get this money, we can use some of it to expand not only Medicaid, 
but it could free up state funds to be used for other things, like other critical needs in education. That is a recipe for absolute disaster. You want to see our budget go insanely out of control? You mean we're going to take Medicaid money, and then we're going to use it to free up other monies so we can spend it in other places? Then the federal government's going to call you one day because this thing, federalism, you know how great it is. They're going to call you up and go, hey, it's not 96% anymore, it's 94%. Next day, it's, oh, it's not 94%, it's 90%. By the way, it's all going to go away someday, and you're stuck with it. Then we're going to hear the, the cries. You're throwing 300,000 people in the streets? All oh, the insanity. Should we be doing this? It's in the debate right now. And you get a, you get a say in this. This isn't going through yet. This guy called Emmett. Emmett, Emmett Hanger is his name. He's a senator. Apparently, he's the, the waffly one, so I'm being told. With a name like Emmett, that should be easy one to find on your email. Find this guy and let him know that he needs to stand firm so the Senate won't, uh, won't go in with this because we certainly don't need this kind of headache. By the way, crossover is now, too. This is another thing. These, all these, the Senate's voting on, a, on bills in the House, and the House is voting on bills, et cetera. There's one that caught my attention. I just noticed the clock. We don't have a lot of time for this. But it's the shorter suspension bill. It passed out of the House. It passed out of the Senate. It's going crossover. They're going to look at it. It changes the maximum length of a standard long-term suspension from 364 days to 45 days. Now, I, I don't understand why a bureaucrat in Richmond can determine what goes on in Roanoke and whether they should stop 364-day suspensions. Obviously, if a kid gets suspended for almost a year, don't they know better than the bureaucrat in Richmond? Lawmakers say it encourages schools to find alternative means of dealing with the bad kids. There's never been an alternative mean. You mean to tell me why to keep the bad kid in the good class? If my kid is in that class trying to learn, I don't need a bad apple in there destroying the whole thing. Kick him out! Gone! And by the way, yes, that happens. There are rotten kids that end up on the street. It's their fault, not mine. Don't cry me a river. Just get rid of the bad kid. But we got a bill that says we need shorter suspensions. Who gets to determine that? The guys in in Richmond here or the people who are locally who know better? The heart on this is bigger than the brain. It's totally obvious. All right, your phone call's next, 454-1366. 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW and 97.7 FM. Freedom isn't passed through the bloodstream. It's fought for daily. Fight alongside the Lee Brothers on WNTW, AM820, 97.7 FM. The answer. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW. Good news. Richard has just moved to a step-down unit. He is now out of the ICU. That literally just happened. So great news for Richard on his birthday of all times. It's starting to go our way. Thank you for your prayers on that. By the way, Richard would love our new hashtag. He loves the word hashtag. He loves a hashtag. It's hashtag the Lee Brothers. Hashtag the Lee Brothers on Twitter. And um, and you can uh, chime in there. All right, coming up. The Black Panther movie. Looks phenomenal. Looks great. Is it going to be worth your time? We'll talk about that and play some clips about how political it's gotten. All that dead ahead. 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. Three great videos there. One, how do you get a shot like this? Unbelievable picture of a ski jumper. You'll love it. 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers. Takes you there. 454-1366. I'm Scott Lee, the Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW and 97.7 FM.
Here's the best news and talk. AM820, WNTW, Chester, and W249CI Bonaire are the answer. So classy. LeBron James drops the F word when he talks about Trump. Just class. His fans must be so proud of him. Communist Party or the Democrat platform? We'll have some fun with that this hour. And the Black Panther looks great, but is it too political? We'll discuss that next. Virginia citizens and American patriots, radio as the founding fathers intended. No, seriously, Thomas Jefferson would be sitting here with me talking about the Black Panther movie. Dead serious. Lee Brothers, my name is Scott Lee. My co-host, my friend and my brother, Richard Lee, is not here. He's in the, uh, in the hospital, just got released from cardiac ICU. He is uh, a step better than he was two days ago, or even this morning. I just got an update just now. He's been moved to a lower unit. Nurses said he's uh, much more lucent and things are better now. And uh, I'm much uh, encouraged by that, as uh, this show is much better in the two-headed format instead of the one. Miss Richard Badley, and today is his birthday. Happy birthday, Richard Lee. Let's get better and, uh, and come back and, and do this together next week. Prayers for Richard. Hashtag the Lee Brothers. You can send your prayers there or patriots at theleebrothers.com. Hashtag the Lee Brothers is how you can uh, chime in there. All right, before I get to the, uh, the Black Panther movie, and I got so many questions about this movie. Let's, uh, let's go to Scott, which has a phenomenal first name. Scott from Richmond. You're on with the Lee Brothers. Hey Scott, I was just gonna say the same thing about your first name. Best, <laughs> best one in the best one of all names. Um, and my prayers for Richard's uh, speedy recovery. Thank and you, I hope sir. To hear him, hear you both next week as well. Me too. Um, Thank you. I'm glad to find you guys again. So. Oh uh, wow, good. Yeah, thanks for joining yeah, us. Love, again. Yeah, but um, regarding the Medicaid expansion, I do work in the health industry, and um, there's a clear demarcation between the insurance for the Medicaid insurance that kids receive and that adults receive. And I don't know enough about the Medicaid expansion to know if it's going to improve for the adults, but if, uh, if the existing coverage is any indication what the future coverage would be, it'll just be overpriced crap. Yep. Um, because it, it really really is a boondoggle and to get anything approved it i mean people have to wait inordinate uh amounts of time to get the the help that they need because if you provide them with the help without getting a pre-approval you're stuck with the bill they can't pay and you're not allowed to you're as providers you're actually not allowed to collect payment that's so screwed up it's so screwed up the whole system is is a mess it's crazy what we need to do is go back to fee for service. The the prices will plummet. Yep. Look at look at LASIK eye surgery. Exactly. You know, ten years ago it was like four grand to get your eyes done. Now you can get them both done for under eight hundred dollars. That's right. That's exactly right. And and uh, and, and Scott, you, you couldn't be more accurate in your depiction of the debacle that we have here. But see, here's the problem. That's not a feel-goodism answer, and the most of the debate is really about how to help people, and not that it's the right way to help them, 
Forget about that. Forget that it even works to help them. The fact is you're doing something to help them, and therefore they feel better about it. To your point, it's a, it's a disaster anyway. Why we want more people on the system and why we want to take more b- money from the federal government to be bound by their wishes is not the best move. The best move is free markets and free people, as you mentioned. The best move is to, uh, to keep the federal government out of it. And, uh, and that's really, and really, ultimately, the best move is to let people help people. What happened to churches, neighborhoods, communities? Um, you know, real compassion is found there at the grassroots, not by a government. Compassion isn't determined by taking money from me or my neighbor at gunpoint, sending it to a far-off land that we call Washington, D.C., surrounded by a beltway run by kings and queens who promise us a pittance back to the serfs and peasants through the capital of Richmond, through our House of Delegates and Senators. That isn't compassion. That sounds like a train wreck to me. Compassion, real compassion, is when your neighbor needs help and you help them. That's compassion. That's, in fact, the biblical definition of it. The biblical Christianity definition is not gunpoint, send your money to D.C. That is not it. That's not how we help people. But, once again, how, how am I going to? You know, I'm, I'm perceived as a heartless ogre with just that very statement. So no wonder it's, um, it's not possible conservatism doesn't exist on a bumper sticker. That's the problem. You can put, you can put Medicaid on a bumper sticker. Help 300,000 with health care. Boom, done. I vote yes. Look how compassionate I am. Conservatism, we need like 18 bumper stickers that you can flip through. Thanks for the call, Scott. By the way, you need an honorary Lee Brother bumper sticker? Is he gone already? No. Well, I guess if you want one, you got to call back. Sorry. They're, they're phenomenal stickers. They're nice, red, stick out. Of all the stickers on cars, that's the best-looking one. Honorary Lee Brother bumper sticker. And by the way, you get to tell people how you fit into the Lee Brother family because that's not an easy thing to do. You just can't get an honorary Lee Brother bumper sticker. you got to call here. Then you might get one, only if I agree with you. Or you agree with me. That's how it's supposed to be. Imagine the kitchen table in the Lee household. If you fit into that and you can have a conversation at the kitchen table, you deserve an honorary Lee Brother bumper sticker. All right, the movie The Black Panther is out this weekend, and apparently it's already uh, gangbusters as it released last night, and for good reason, because it's apparently a very, very good movie. It's, um, some have already bragged about how it's got some of the best music of all the Marvel movies. It's, it's consistent. It's beautiful. It's actually got some, some great themes to it, that type of thing. So there, there's um, just a, a neat – it looks like a very, very good movie in, in the sense of entertaining that's what I care about. Who wants to go to a theater? I don't go to movies to get upset or to uh, – I go there to be just, you know, drool out of the side of my face with a Coke in my hand and popcorn. If I want to be educated, I read a book. Or I'll, get, I'll call someone and learn more or something along those lines. But send me to the movie. I want to watch The Avengers. The Avengers is pure, unadulterated, stupid entertainment. And it's fun. Hulk smash. All the things that is The Avengers. It was great. It's a great – whole series is phenomenal, all the way to the Thor movies, to the Iron Man movies, to now the Black Panther movie. So I'm, I'm excited to see it. What I'm a little surprised about, and this is where I need your help. Am I overreacting to this? Because listen to what Whoopi Goldberg said this week on The View about it, when she had the actor who plays the Black Panther sitting in front of her. Now, Black Panther is the first black superhero movie with a black director and a primarily black cast. All right, so you listen to him clap there. Is that, I I must, I I honestly can tell you, 
that when I saw the trailer for this, not one time in my mind go, they're all black people. I never did that. But there is this huge movement to make this all about race. Whoopi continues. Something people would never have thought years ago. Really? We never thought there would be a movie with black people in it years ago? Whoopi, are you, in, are you insane? We just left eight years of Obama as president of the United States of America. I mean, is this movie really that big a shocker? I, I, am I missing? I don't know. I guess I'm just missing something here. It goes on in The View. Is, what is the message to the world with Black Panther? Ooh, what is it? Uh, I think the message is that is that it that it works to have, you know, a black cast. What? It? You mean we're just figuring that out? It works to have a black cast. I just want to watch the movie, man. I don't want all the politics behind it. It looks great, but now I'm being told that the black cast is the bigger issue. I thought it was about the Black Panther. Like where he gets his powers, that kind of thing. I don't I'm confused by the Black Panther, by the way. Is this I understand where Captain America got his powers. I understand where Spider-Man got his. I understand how Iron Man exists. But I'm confused on Black Panther. Like where did he get his powers? Why is he why can he jump like over cars and be super strong? But can someone explain that to me? Instead I'm being told that it's all because it's a black cast that now we're being told how great I would prefer that someone call me and tell me how the Black Panther gets his powers. I want to know that. 454-1366. 454-1366. More of your phone calls and this topic next. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW and 97.7 FM. The Lee Brothers, showing off the First Amendment and using the second only when necessary. On AMA 20, 97.7 FM, The Answer. Huge Marvel Comics fan. Actually, I'm not a comic book fan at all. I just like the movies. And they're and they're entertaining. They're fun. And why else would you go to a movie? Scott Lee, Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW, 454-1366, 454-1366. Today is Richard Lee's birthday, and uh, he's in the hospital recovering from surgery. He had four weeks ago, so there's a lot going on in our household. Continue to pray for him as he's moved out of the ICU now. Things are looking better for him. Our prayers he'll be back here very, very soon to continue the Lee Brother tradition. The uh, the Black Panther movie looks great, and there's you know there's some politics in the movie. I mean, you have a scene what refers to the only white character in the movie as a colonizer, which is interesting. You have a little profanity in the movie, which I wish they'd leave out of the Marvel movies. And there's a middle finger in the movie. Of course, if you're LeBron James, you know dropping the f bomb is no problem. So why not have it in the in the Black Panther movie? There's some good things though. The the issues. Um, are inside the movie are, are kind of mature. They include abandonment, absent fathers, and being defined by the mistakes of your father, that kind of thing. The movie actually handled these pretty good, respectfully. Um, the bad guy who was raised on the streets in Oklahoma is without a dad, which kind of referenced something we talked in the first hour about how important dads are. But the politics of the movie starting to bother me a little bit, especially how they're starting to handle this. You know, all I want to do is go to the movie, and I never once... Never once said, oh, Black Panther means black people. Or I never once said, Black Panther only has black people in it. Never once did I even notice that. I'm looking at the entertainment of the movie and the whole thing. But apparently, 
the movie is all about that beyond it, including even with Trump. Listen to this. Um, and especially at a time when our president makes derogatory comments about non-white countries and women. Mm. Do you think um, that that's accurate, that this is a revolutionary film? So now the movie's about that? Are you kidding me? What a stretch. So I see the people who are making Black Panther looked ahead of time. I don't know how long it takes to make a movie, a year, two years, and said, look, Trump might be president, and when Trump's president, he'll make some derogatory comments about some country that only has black people in it, and the timing's going to be perfect. No! Insane! That I hate to tell you, it's just a movie. It's what it is. And I still wonder how Black Panther gets his powers. I don't. I mean, it's like he just all of a sudden has powers one day. But they go on in The View to talk more about what it feels like uh, to watch the movie. Is that communities all over are taking tons of children mm -hmm. to see this movie. It's so important to take these little brown girls and boys to see a superhero that, that you know, it looks like them. Wow. I'm, I'm so glad we're in a colorblind society. I mean, that little brown girls and boys. I mean, why? I am open to my take on this being completely wrong. If somebody thinks, no, this movie is very important because of this, then, then just tell me. 454-1366, because I think this is over the top. You're mentioning the importance of little brown girls and, and boys going to go see this movie. How about anybody to go see the movie? Why, why is it all about little brown girls and boys? Why is this movie all about race? Why wouldn't we want everyone to go see it? Is there anyone talking about this movie that doesn't mention the fact that it's all black people? Really? Because I didn't really notice. I really didn't until I'm told to look at these things. Whoopi Goldberg went on to round it out by saying it's a life-changing event. Matt, oh this, is, this is the beginning of a yes. change. It is? This is the beginning of a change? How about the last eight years of Barack Obama as president? Was that a beginning of change? How about the fact that LeBron James is one of the most important figures in sports? Is that a change? Yeah, somebody dropped the F-bomb a couple times. It's, 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 it's focal point morality. Morality only matters when it's Trump. The left can talk any way they want. Really, this is a, this is a big changing point? Interesting. Matt, oh this, is, this is the beginning of a yes. change. It's a movie. This is the beginning of a change. And this, the importance of this movie is not just for little brown boys and girls. But it's, I, can't, I, can't, I can't stand it. It's not just for little brown girls and boys. There's that word again, brown girls and boys. And I've never said that in my entire life. Little brown girls, until now, obviously. The importance of this movie is not just for little brown boys and girls, but for all boys and girls to know that superheroes yes, come, on. Come, in all come in all colors. Once again, I mean, I must have missed how all the superheroes uh, have existed before this movie. We just had eight years of Barack Obama's president, and apparently to these people, a movie is more important than that. That these kids can see superheroes. Was Obama not a superhero? He acted like one. He had a cape, walked around, probably had a crown on his head in the White House. Had his nose in the air everywhere he walked. He was a superhero to many of us. Am I over the top on this? I'll take your phone calls. 454-1366. 454 454-1366. 1366. Lee Brothers, Scott Lee, 820 WNTW, 97.7 FM. Making radio great again. 
It's the Lee Brothers on WNTW AM 820, 97.7 FM, The Answer. I think I might be wrong. No, I'm serious. I, I may have missed this. I may have missed the importance of the movie Black Panther, and I'm not, I'm not kidding. I actually could very well miss it. Did you see on top of that an article this week? It says, as Richmond's Confederate statues go, so might the South. This made the uh, USA Today, and they interviewed somebody from Richmond, George Braxton. Here's what he said about the monuments. To me, um, you know, as a Richmonder, as a, an, an African-American, um, they're a slap in the face. It's a way of saying that no matter what you do, um, financially, professionally, um, no matter what it is you do in your life, socially, civically, um, you may be eye to eye with me, but you know wow. we have something that's higher than you. This is something that's um, that stands above the city and looks down. You know, there are real passions behind that that I don't understand. I, I really can't understand. And I'm wondering, instead of me getting upset and say, hey, look, look the other way, and, you know, I want us to be a colorblind society, but is this really how people feel about the monuments? Is this really how people feel about this movie Black Panther? Have I missed it that bad that it's that important? Do we put too much emphasis on the race aspects of this? I feel like we do, but maybe if this is the true feelings of George Braxton from Richmond here about the monuments and about the view on the movie Black Panther, maybe I am wrong on this. Maybe I need to be more open to that point of view. All right, coming up, we're going to have some fun. Is it the Communist Manifesto or is it the Democratic platform? You get to call in and stack them and pack them up here, Mark, and we'll, uh, we'll have some fun with these questions. Check us out, 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. Three great videos there. One is, how do they get this picture of this skier in the Olympics? It's an unbelievable picture, 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers, takes you there. 454-1366, 454-1366. Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW, 97.7 FM. Compassionate and tolerant. Oh, wait, that's a different show. The Lee Brothers on AMA 20, 97.7 FM, WNTW, The Answer. Just after 5.30 in the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia, Lee Brothers, my name is Scott Lee, my co-host, my friend and brother sitting to my left, Sometimes my far left is Richard Lee. He will be back at some point. Four weeks ago, he had a very in-depth surgery. He took out his spleen, his pancreas, and his gallbladder all in one surgery. It lasted eight hours, and he is still recuperating from that as he uh, struggles with some, some uh, ramifications of that. He was in the uh, cardiac ICU uh, for the last three days. He's just been, I mean, literally within the last hour, Moved to a lower unit, so he is improving. Thank you for your prayers for him. And, uh, of course, you can uh, chime in at uh, hashtag. I, I laugh at that because Richard hates hashtag. He hates everything Twitter. 
but hashtag the Lee Brothers, hashtag the Lee Brothers, and uh, you can uh, chime in there at Patriots at theleebrothers.com. Thank you for the emails already. Uh, 454-1366, 454-1366. By the way, the Winter Olympics, is anyone paying attention to these things? I mean, talk about, like, a not event. There's so I, I feel like there's so many other things going on that it's just, just bad timing for the Olympics. They should have postponed it. You know, do it in June or something. Oh, it's the Winter Olympics. Sorry. Anyway, do you even know? I I, I did not realize there. Uh, I guess there's 16 Winter Olympic sports. I did not. And I, I, as I was looking them up, you got alpine skiing, which is obviously phenomenal. Uh, the biathlon, which is amazingly cool, because you who who could get on skates and shoot a gun at the same time? I think I'm surprised that thing even exists still. We ought to cherish that one because eventually it's going to go away. Uh, bobsledding, cross-country skiing, curling, which is no wonder. They, does anyone ever watch? Is that on TV ever? And curling, who came up with that one? You know, the guy was sitting on a couch probably with a beer in his hand going, I, I got an idea. I can't snow ski. I can't ice hockey. I'm not doing the luge. I'm certainly no good at a biathlon. A biathlon is what they call that, I think. And figure skating, not me. But I can curl, baby. I can curl. Give me a broom. Let me scoop the ice. All that is is lagging thing. It's like when you used to shoot pool to lag to see who could break. I mean, that's what that thing is. And that's, that game is ridiculous. They call that an athletic event. You can even meddle in something like that is a joke. I mean, you compare that. Is it really fair to put that guy from, from whoever the number one curler in the world is on a gold medal next to the guy who just finished the alpine skiing event and got a gold medal? You think they're on the same playing field? The curling guy who wins, he should have his medals taxed. Just saying. It's not even a real game. Uh, figure skating, not so much. I hate that. Uh, freestyle skiing, awesome. That, that, that's talent. Talk about beating yourself to death down the mountain. The guy is like a, it's like a jacket. His little knees look like a springboard going down. That's ice hockey, phenomenal. Who doesn't love that? By the way, I just learned that there's women hockey. Didn't know that. There you go. Which one are you dating? I'm dating the keeper. She's phenomenal. Look at her. My kind of woman. <laughs> Women's hockey. Who came up with that one? Uh, Luge and Nordic, Nordic combined short track speed skating. You know what? That's fun for the like first three minutes, but it's too short. The track needs to be much bigger. That stupid little track like that. Uh, skeleton, don't even know what that is. Ski jumping, unbelievable. By the way, there's a video at 820theanswer.com. You click on the Lee Brothers. Ski jumping is – there's an amazing photograph, and I want someone to tell me how they got that picture. Unless it's a drone, there's no other way to get it snowboarding now this game i'm sure that this was added sometime wasn't it this wasn't always an olympic event snowboarding was added because they i guess they ran out of other good ideas and they're looking for the teenager the millennials to come out and do the and snowboarding was always to me skateboarding in the snow and when i grew up i hated skateboarders the ones you used to throw you know water balloons at and beat up on i mean skateboarder the long punks head the baggy pants and you know look now they're on the now they're olympic athlete is that it Unbelievable. I should have been an Olympic athlete. Speed skating was the other one. Anyway. All right, so uh, I don't know how I got talk, talk, started on that thing. Let's have some fun, shall we? Let's, let's, have, uh, let's have some fun with the Communist Party versus the Democratic platform. It's time to play that game that's fun for the whole family. Is it the Communist Manifesto or is it the Democratic Party platform? <laughs> that sounds so fun. Richard would love this one. This was great. This was actually put on by uh, Prager University. This guy went out on the street and asked some questions uh, of people. 
I think at universities, ask them, is this a communist party platform or is this a democratic party platform? Here's the first question. We will push for a societal transformation. Push for a societal transformation. Is that the communist party or the democratic platform? What do you think it is, Mark? Do you have any idea? Take a guess. Just stab in the dark. You think it's the Communist Party? Let's find out the answer to this one is... Communist Manifesto. <laughs> Sorry. Communist. Communist. Yeah, correct. Democratic Party platform. It's majorly communist. <laughs> it's majorly communist. Yet it's the Democratic platform? I'm just curious. Do Democrats realize that their platform is so close to the communist one? You know, by the way, the Communist Party USA endorsed every Democratic person in the platform. Just want to go on to say. Democratic. Correct. It's Democratic. Sorry, Mark, you missed that one. All right, let's, uh, let's see what the next question is here. How about this one? We've established new classes, new conditions of oppressions, new forms of struggles that replace the old ones. Was that the Democratic platform or the communist one? You want to hear it again? We've established new classes, new conditions of oppressions, new forms of struggles that replace the old ones. That could literally be either one of them. You know Karl Marx probably could have said the exact same thing. That's unbelievable. Any guesses? Nope. Too hard, isn't it? Here we go. Okay, I'll go with uh, Democratic. Party platform? That's because it could be. Correct. It's the, it's the uh, Communist Party. Can I just play that again for you? Here is that question. It, it, this is the Communist Party. We've established new classes, new conditions of oppressions, new forms of struggles that replace the old ones. That's the Communist Party. That's a democratic platform. There's no way it's anything else. All right, you want to hear another one? These are fun. It's a fun game, isn't it? Play along. The racial, wealth, and income gaps are the result of policies that discriminate against people. There's the question. Is that the Democratic platform or the communist one? Here's the question again, Mark, just for you. The racial, wealth, and income gaps are the result of policies that discriminate against people. Democratic platform. You think it's the Democratic platform? Let's find out what it is. Democratic. Correct. How about that? You're right. It was a Democratic platform. But it sounds like the communist one. There's really not a whole lot of difference. All right. Do we have more of these? Yeah, we do. All right, here's another one. Disparities in wealth cannot be solved by the free market. Okay, now that, disparities in wealth cannot be solved by the free market. Of course, that is a, that is a communist view. Uh, it could be the Communist Manifesto, but it's also the Democratic view. So I wonder if it's on the Democratic platform or the Communist one. Mark? Democratic platform, is it, Mark? That's the Communist oh. Party platform. I'm going to stick with the Communist Manifesto. That's definitely the Communist Manifesto. That is definitely the Democratic Manifesto. Really? Yes. That sounds just like the Communist Manifesto. <laughs> yeah, they sound, they sound similar, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah they do. They do. <laughs> Boy, why do they sound so alike? What if you're a Democrat if you go, wait a second, all these time I'm actually for the Communist Manifesto? Well, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's just wanting you to know. It's just the way it is. All right, last one. We're not doing any more of these because they're getting old here. Here's, here's the last one. The system is not working. We have rigged the economy. All right, well, that sounds like Bill Clinton. That sounds like Barack Obama. But it also could be the Communist Manifesto. The system is not working. We have rigged the economy. Now, see, that is how they think, though, isn't it? The economy's rigged. Well, the economy's rigged because government's involved in it. If you get government out of the way, it won't be rigged. 
It's amazing how well it works inside of free markets with free people. If it's rigged, it's rigged because of the government. If it's rigged, it's because of the Communist Party. If it's rigged, it's because we have this far-off land that wants their input in everything. If it's rigged, it's because they went outside the bounds of the Constitution. The system is not working. We have rigged the economy. Okay, which one is it? You think it's the Democratic platform? Yeah, it probably is. Let's see what it is. Man, that is kind of hard. I'll say, oh, okay, so I'll say communist. Democratic oh. Party platform. <laughs> Democratic. Correct. Correct. Democratic. Because I'm a Democrat, I know. I know the answer to that one. That's unbelievable. I'd be ashamed. I'm sure there's someone who goes, well, the Republican Party's like some other, well, which one? Lay it out for me. I want to know. Well, the Republican Party's a lot like the Declaration of Independence. Okay, good. That's the way it should be. Free market. <laughs> it's just crazy. That's too easy. Democrats, you need to make this harder on us. <laughs> you really should. Quit trying to imitate communists. You got to hide it a little bit better than you're doing. Because right now, it's completely obvious to most of these people that we have no idea. You could be communists or you could be Democrats. Still one of the same. All right, your phone call's next. 454-1366. 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW 97.7 FM. Scott and Richard Lee, the circus clowns of talk radio. On AMA 20, 97.7 FM, WNTW, The Answer. Friday, your drive home. The Lee Brothers, Virginia citizens and American patriots. Richard Lee's birthday is today. Do you know that? And on the way over here. Oh, you did. It's his birthday. Happy birthday. I know. I wish he was right here. It'd make a big difference, wouldn't it? I know. You I should know. take the studio there. And... I think we could lift this whole thing up and take it out? Sure. Why I don't not? think so. Senator Amanda Chasen with Scott Lee. She's my co-host, my friend, and my senator sitting to my left, sometimes my far left. That doesn't go over very well, does it? No, I'm always on your right. <laughs> I don't know. That's the first time anyway. I'm always right, right. Always always right or always on my right? More right okay. than you. No. Fair enough. <laughs> there's a uh, there's a caucus. I'm, I'm anti-caucus, by the way. All the caucuses that are going on. I feel like there's like a, everyone's got their own little identity caucus. Sounds like a disease. It does sound like a disease. Now there's the millennial caucus. Apparently we have 14 new people under the age of 45, and they made their millennial caucus. Yeah, I'm too old for that caucus. You are not too old for that caucus. I am too old really? for that caucus. What, yeah. like barely? I'm practicing for 50. Yeah. Is there a caucus for 50? <laughs> there, it seems like there's got to be a caucus for everything. The millennials got together and they said, look, we're not being represented. What's a millennial issue? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I'm not, You're a, not millennial. a millennial issue. No. What do you think about all these caucuses? You think we'd have a caucus, a black caucus, or all these other caucuses? Do we need caucuses like this? Well, I actually co-founded the Transparency Caucus. Okay, well, that's different. That's not an identity caucus. No. That, that's a purpose caucus. Right. And There's we a actually purpose. got stuff done. Do you know that, right? But, do you know what we got done this year? With the, trans- uh, with the Transparency yeah. Caucus? Okay, what, what, what happened with the Transparency Caucus? So for the first time in Virginia's history, you can actually go online to virginiageneralassembly.gov, and you can actually watch us in action. I can watch the sausages being made? You what if I don't want to know? in uh, committee, and that was not before. But now you can do it. You can actually go online. And I've seen some unbelievable things. It's, a, it's amazing how people think. Have you been able to actually go oh, yeah. on there? Oh, Did yeah, you absolutely. try it? I've seen some. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then just enough to puke and then never turn it on again. So. 
<laughs> we need to turn it to the local governments committee because Senator Stanley is pretty. He's he's a good chairman. He's, it, he's a good he's a good chairman. He's funny. Is government fun? Are you enjoying your job as a senator? I'm having a blast, actually. So the the big issue, and this is a big issue because we've been able to hold back the uh, the uh, overreach, as I shall say, of the federal government into our Medicaid system, and in that way, it's like um, I don't know why this just popped in my head, but there's is this the, the caucus? Uh, no, it's, no I'm, Medicaid no, caucus. No, the, no Medicaid <laughs> caucus. But I mean, why is it? I guess it's just easy, but this is this is a tough point right now. It looks like this is going to pass. We're going to actually be we're going to actually accept Medicaid expansion here in Virginia. Don't speak that. Okay, give me a reason not to. Let's, I mean, I'm a little concerned not. here. It's out of the house, right? So it looks like it's going to pass in the house. Right. I mean, it's it's pretty inevitable. Yeah. I mean, they they have the votes at this point. However, in the Senate, it's a different story. Um, Twenty of my Republican senators, we've all agreed, we do not support Medicaid expansion. In fact, we came up with an alternative plan which is not Medicaid expansion, and um, part of that um, helps with um, small business owners. If, if they want to have a group plan, we have something for them that they can participate in, which is not public insurance, private insurance. Good. So that's good. We're yeah, looking at private phenomenal. sector op- options. Yeah, good, we should, So because um, government is always the answer, although it sounds good. I feel good. Government should do something. It's always a statement. Government should do something. Well, you know what? Government shouldn't do everything. That's right. And they certainly shouldn't do a lot of things. I got a list, a big long list over here. You know, but, and I have to give a special shout out to Senator um, Senator Peek and Senator Sturdivant and myself <laughs> because we were the- I'll pat myself on the back here. <laughs> <laughs> of course you should. Yeah, you guys have been, we, been the stalwarts. We said been, no. And, good. And they knew that they did not have the votes for the hospital tax. They didn't have the votes for- full-blown Medicaid expansion. I mean, our caucus as a whole has been pretty dead set against So if the Medicaid House sends expansion. us over to the Senate. We have one person who is on the fence right now. Is that the Emmett guy? It probably is. You think so? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Emmett, with the program. But you can give him a call and encourage him. He's a really nice person. He's a really nice senator. Okay, just go ahead and give us his number over the phone. <laughs> no, I don't why have it memorized, like but just, you can look it up. We're going to look it up and we'll read it across the airways here and see senator if we, you have a cell, you probably have a cell number. Why don't you just put that out there? <laughs> we'll, we'll fix this Medicaid thing right now. There you go. Yeah, we should. That's, so, that's, uh, Sunday, we actually present the, the Senate budget at five o'clock and then later that evening, the house will present their budget. And okay. Thursday, we vote on it. We duke it out between Sunday and Thursday. So how can I help here? You want me to come out there and help with you? Yeah. Can I give a can I have a speech on the on the floor of the Senate? That would be phenomenal. Can you arrange that on Sunday? <laughs> no. Of course no. not. No, you're not allowed anywhere near the Senate. <laughs> I, I've been banned, by the way, from the uh, from the General Assembly building. That's not true. I, I think it is. I, I tried getting in there. Is it my firearm on my hip that keeps me out? What is it? No, I don't think so. No, it's not. It's I don't not think that. so. Okay. All right. Well, Sunday we should watch then. Right. You can, and you know that's a good question. It should be videoed yeah. because it's a meeting. It's a formal meeting. It's the um, Senate Finance. You could probably go to go to VirginiaGeneralAssembly.gov and go to the Finance Committee streaming, and they should be streaming it. So if if someone's in their car right now listening, I mean, why do they care if Medicaid passes or not? Or they're just like, eh, what the hell? Well, I'll basically tell you what it comes down to in Virginia because. We have to balance our budget. exactly what it comes down to. It means if we pass this, you're probably going to have cuts in education. And if you have kids like I do in school and like you do in school, we don't need to cut our teachers' salaries. I know a lot of teachers out there that would be really upset with that. And I'm also thinking about transportation. I'm going to say something. (laughs) I'm thinking, you know, we actually have bridges. We do? In our district, which 
are structurally not sound, and we can't even drive fire trucks over them. We need to take care of those. That's kind of important. That is kind of important. I was saying if under the important headlines, that would be one of the I would think would be. So we, we can't cut that. So there, you know, we have to make really hard decisions. And, the, and our budget's gone from 2% to 22%. Why, why is there so much faith and trust in the federal government? Why, why, why is that the deal? I mean, obviously, that's, that's the issue because they have to believe the federal government's going to uphold their end of the deal here. And as soon as they don't, and Trump may not. I mean, Trump might say, hey, no, we're done with this whole Medicaid thing. Obamacare is gone. We're done. He did. Then what? He right. did earlier this week. Right. Then what? He, oh, yeah, that's the problem. He said we're getting ready to phase it out. Yeah, so why add it to our budget and make it a, a problem that's huge? Then we'll be really bad guys once we have to make some changes and cuts and it all goes away, and then we're throwing kids out in the street. That's Apparently, that's what they'll tell us. That's right. All right, that's good stuff. Exactly. Thank you, Senator. Always good to see you. Your show is next coming up here? I think so. Is it? You're going to stick it around is. to your program? Yeah. That makes sense. That perfectly makes <laughs> sense. All right, 454-1366, Lee Brothers 820 WNTW and 97.7 FM. Zero diversity, complete intolerance, and a total lack of fairness. It's the Lee Brothers on AMA 20, 97.7 FM, WNTW, The Answer. And that's a wrap. It's a depressing wrap because Richard's not here to wrap it up as he always does. LeBron James used the F word when he was talking about Trump. What a wonderful human being. Great role model for the kids. Appreciate that. The liberals are so good at using vulgar language and then getting upset with Trump for being who he is. It's interesting, isn't it? All right, check us out, 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. We archive our shows. You can check it out there and see the great videos posted by clicking on the Lee Brothers. Click on the Lee Brothers. takes you right there. My friends, we did it. We weren't just marking time. We made a difference. We made the city stronger. We made the city freer. And we left her in good hands. All in all, not bad. Not bad at all. And so, bye, God bless you, and God bless the United States of America.